Hey guys, welcome to the Podpreneur Podcast. It's Tyler Dietring, and I'm here again. Man, I have missed him so much. He's been gone for two days. It feels like it's been a lifetime. I feel like I've missed you so much. Nick Burns, how are you doing, my man? Did you say that you feel like you missed me? So no, much? I I know that I've missed you. I've missed you too, man. Yeah, it's been a long two days, but I'm excited to be back. Yeah, the people don't feel it because we released one on Friday, and then Monday, but we kind of. We kind of recorded early so that we, we had did. plenty of content. We've got a couple in the bank. Yeah, oh, man, that yeah, it's. I'm excited it's to be back. Yeah, yeah I'm super felt, excited. Felt weird to be gone this long. Yeah, and we've had this one planned for a while. We were supposed to do it last week. Something happened, so we got moved it to this week. And I am super excited. We've got Blake Brewer with Legacy Letter Challenge. Um, man, how are you doing today? I am doing great. I don't know if I'm having the same feels that y'all are having over there, but I am excited to be here. <laughs> there's there's a lot of love here, Blake. There's I a can lot see of love. That. Yeah. And you know, it's it's interesting because um I I I said this and then whatever I said it, it was just it sounded weird, but we've seen each other several times over the last like three weeks. And I think we met someone and they were like, Do you guys know everybody here? And we're like, No, we just know each other and like we've met several. So it's like seems like everywhere where I am, there you are. Well, there it helps are, that our kids are at the same school. Yes. Um, but I am excited about today because we did have a great conversation a couple of weeks ago about our businesses. Yes. And it feels like today's going to be a continuation of that. Yes. And I'm I'm excited to, um, first of all, I, I just want, I'm just going to let you take it away here in a second and talk about your business and the purpose behind the business. But then we'll kind of step into more of like the intricacies of how you run it and um, kind of more of the back end business stuff. But I'm just going to like hand it to you because I know you're capable and let you just start talking about what your business is, why you do it and what the purpose is. Yeah. So I have a business around my mission to help 1 million dads and moms write at least one well-written, meaningful, lasting legacy letter to their children. I could have never imagined in a million years that this would be my business um, that I would be partnering with other businesses to help their employees and clients um, write this letter. But it's what I do. And it all goes back um, to a letter that my dad wrote to me when I was 19 years old. And so my mom called me. I was a freshman at the University of Arkansas and said, she said, hey, we're going to Hawaii. And I was like, heck yeah, let's go. And uh, so first day that we're there, we're standing on the beach, just me and my dad. And there's nowhere else in the world I wanted to be at that moment. Like me and my dad, uh, and I tell people that even though I was 19, I still felt like a, like a little kid standing next to my yeah, dad. Yeah. Now my dad was 6'3", 230. Um, he'd been drafted by the Atlanta Falcons, wow. way tight end. Uh, he was, his main claim to fame though, is that he was Terry Bradshaw's tight end. At oh, Louisiana wow. Tech. That's cool. And so they were best friends and roommates. And my dad was a really um, kind of quiet, humble, introverted guy. And so he hard, hardly told anybody this, but I told everybody like, Hey, my dad was Terry Bradshaw's yeah. tight end. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but my dad looked at me right before we were about to go snorkeling and he said, man, with a big old smile, I'm, I'm glad you're out here with me and it made me feel like a million bucks. And, uh, I'll never forget that smile because it was the last smile I'd ever get from my dad. And so put the snorkel gear on, headed out and, uh, man, it was amazing. All these cool fish, everything, just me and my dad. And we kept going out and ended up in an area that I now know is called Witch's Brew, which is known for its treacherous waters. And so that day it was treacherous, just like any other day. Um, and and I, I realized, I don't know where my dad is. And so I started scanning the water and I see my dad and I could tell that my dad was struggling. He was, he was treading water, um, but he started uh, yelling for help. 
And my dad had this really big, deep, booming voice, but his cry for help was more like a whimper. And so I knew I had to get over there and so got to him as quickly as I could. And by the time I got to him, he was underneath the water and he was unconscious. And so you can imagine what I was thinking at that moment. Got to get my dad to shore, put my arms around him, did my best to hold him his head above water and kind of had to swim around this rock, get him to the beach. Luckily, the um, lifeguard showed up and uh, they helped me get him to shore and they started doing CPR to my dad. And I was on my hands and knees next to my dad, just praying like, God, please save my dad's life. And I, I really thought that at any moment, um, my dad was going to open his eyes and uh, the water was going to come out of his mouth, just like you see in the movies, um, but it never happened. And so my dad ended up drowning mm. and it went from one of the like best moments of my life to minutes later to the worst moment of my life. And I'm standing there on the beach, like what the heck just happened? Um, you know, and how are we going to make it without my dad? Like, how am I going to make it without my dad? So I couldn't have predicted what was going to happen next. Um, we go back to the condo and I'm sitting on the edge of the bed. Um, uh, my mom and sister and brother were there. Um, and I'm just sitting there by myself. My mom appears in the doorway and she says, I found something in your dad's briefcase that I know he was going to give you on this trip. I had no idea what she was talking about, but, uh, she was holding some sheets of paper in her hand. And so she walks across the room and hands them to me. And it was a letter. It was a letter that my dad had been working on for several months, having no idea that he was going to die, having no idea that this was going to be his final words to me. And I began to read this letter and it was everything that I needed in that moment. Um, my dad, uh, through the letter just gave me hope that I was going to make it through this time. And I, and honestly, as I was reading, my dad shared a lot of advice and wisdom. Um, but I just felt so loved. Like, like, don't tell me my dad didn't love me in the midst of, uh, he was a hospital CEO. Uh, he was a football referee. Uh, he was a, involved in our church and Sunday school teacher. Like he was a busy guy, just like all of us. And yet in the middle of that, he takes time to, to write me a letter. And so, uh, for the next year, uh, I, I was grieving really hard. Um, but I grieved really well is what others told me. Counselors told me and said, man, you grieved in a really healthy way compared to other people. And I attributed all to my dad's letter. And then as I graduated from college, got my accounting degree and then started my career, uh, got married, started having kids. I have a six-year-old, four-year-old and a 20 month old now. And through the ups and downs of all that, which there have definitely been some downs, but there was my dad's letter mm -hmm. and my dad's letter, um, still influencing me to this day, 19 years later. So then it was a, a few years ago, um, that I went to write a letter to my children. If anyone knows the value of a letter from their dad, it's me. And so I'll go to write it and I'm, I'm just staring at this blank sheet of paper and I'm like, what the heck am I going to write? Like, how am I going to organize this? And, and to be honest, it, it just kind of hung over my head and, uh, until, and, but I knew I had to finish it. Um, number one, I don't know when my last day on the planet's going to be. So I got to have something written down for my children. But then two, I see the world that our children are growing up in and some of the messages that they're having to navigate through that, uh, really go against my, my family and our values. Yes. And so there's a lot of influences out there 
who are really fighting to win the war on the battle of, of their mind. And yeah. I want to be the number one influence in their life and my wife's. So I knew I had to finish it. I power through, get it done. It felt amazing. Like yeah. to get this letter done, like, man, I have, I have done something. <laughs> it was kind of in my fatherhood journey. Here's a milestone moment. And I, I actually went ahead and read it to, to my daughter when she was four. And, you know, normally each night I'm reading her, uh, like a princess book. And then that night I decided to read her this letter and I said, Hey, daddy's got something for you. And so I go to read her this letter and man, I got emotional. Um, yeah, I started, she had never seen me cry before. Yeah. And here I am, I could barely get through. I'm going to put my heart and soul into this letter. And, yeah. and, uh, we get to the, to the end and I look up at her and she looks at me and she says, uh, daddy, can you read me the princess book now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Yeah. But the next day she went up to my wife and she said, last night, daddy read me a message. Can he read me that message again tonight? Mm. And so she didn't understand all the concepts of yeah. uh, that were in there. She will in time, yeah. but she got the main one. She's got a daddy that loves her. Yeah. And so <clears throat> around that time that, that all that happened, a guy comes into my life, an older man, and he tell, he has no idea what my story is. And he tells me a story about getting a letter from his dad that changed his life. Hmm. Uh, a guy named Victor Marks. He's a high risk humanitarian at 25. He gets a letter from his biological dad that he doesn't even know. And this letter uh, begins a relationship with his dad, um, changes his life. I'm like, wow, that's a, that's pretty cool. I have a letter from my dad. A few months later, another guy doesn't know my story, tells me about getting a letter from his dad, hmm. changed his life. I'm like, oh my God. All right, God, I get it. I got to help more people get a letter from their dad. Hmm. So that's when I went into research mode and started uh, looking at the elements of my dad's letter, reading books, articles. Hey, you know, how can we simplify this process um, so that um, dads can write this letter? Because I knew that it was me and we were never going to get to a million dads by me just inspiring dads to go write the letter because every dad was going to be in the same spot I was in. It's like, okay, I'm busy. I got a lot going on. I'm yeah. staring at a blank sheet of paper. What am I yeah. about to write here? Yeah. And, um, so created, and also if we're going to write the letter, man, let's put the most powerful words in there that can really influence our child's life, everything that everyone needs and wants to hear from their dad. So finish the, the process and finish the program and, um, dads from all over, um, started signing up to write their letter. Some of them were business guys, CEOs, some more blue collar guys, NFL athletes, um, church going guys, non-church going guys, some guys were writing it to their newborn some guys are writing it to their 40 year old child and everywhere in between and uh you know i didn't care like i, yeah. I just want to help For people sure. get a letter from their dad so that's how the business yeah. started yeah first of all i love it like what an incredible, incredible story yeah i mean it's incredible the first time i hear heard it i was just and i think the first time we met i heard you tell me about the letters but i didn't associate that with the story does that make sense? Like yeah. the first time I heard you, cause I, I still um, could relate to when, whenever you told me the first time, because I write letters. Yeah. To my you kid. told me that. And so that's awesome. It matters to me what you were talking about. But then the second time we met, you told me why you're doing it. So I, I feel like that's significant that the first time we met, like, yeah, it kind of stuck out kind of because I like to write and I write to my sons. But then the next time, like there was something attached to that, like the passion of, actually why you do that. And I think that's incredible. I think it's incredible. Yeah. I, you know, now I, I tell my story like 
two or three times a day. Yeah. And I have to re relive yeah. that moment. Yeah. Um, and I really, I, there's no way I could, could have done it if my dad hadn't have written me the letter to yeah. really help me heal from yeah. that moment in my life. Yeah. So kind of more specifics about the letter that you're helping dads write. So like, what is the format of them? How long are they? What does that look like? Yeah, we've divided the letter up into uh, several different sections. The intro section, the apology, um, the I love you, I'm proud of you, I believe in you. Um, the advice section, sharing different memories. Um, you know, I when you think about I love you, you know, there's some dads who communicate verbally all the time to their children. Yeah, I love you. Some are on the other end of the spectrum and they don't. And I tell dads, no matter where you are on the spectrum, for your children to read on paper, I love you. And there's nothing that you can do tomorrow to make me love you any more or any less. My love for you is unconditional Yeah, for you to read that. It's like, Oh man, dad means this. Yeah. And when someone knows that, that their dad loves them, um, it just brings so much more confidence in life. I love the story that Kobe Bryant shared a year before his death. He said that when he was 12 years old, he was playing basketball in a summer league and his dad and grandfather both played in it. He wanted to do really well. It gets to the end of the summer, had not scored a single point the entire summer. He was so frustrated, but he said his dad came up to him and put his arm around him and said, Kobe, I don't care whether you score zero points or 60 points. I'm going to love you no matter what. Mm. Kobe said it was literally the best thing his dad could have ever told him because yeah. at that point he was freed up to just go for it. Like yeah. he could not fail. Yeah. And you know that that was playing in his mind through his mm. whole career. Absolutely. Uh, through the ups and downs. Yeah. I mean, he's retelling the story at age 40. Yeah. And so that's what we want repeating in our children's mind. And so writing this letter helps them see that and read it and get and really get that message through. Yeah. So I guess a couple things. Um, I guess, how did you get to a point where you were good enough at writing letters? Because the first time you said you wrote it, you kind of had a blank sheet of paper. You weren't sure how to do this. So how did you train yourself? Did you take classes? Were you like, what did that look like? Yeah, I started reading a lot of books and a lot of articles. Um, there's some great people out there. Um, you know, you know, so that I would say what was interesting is, okay, now I've got to start a business and something that I want to be an expert yeah. in. Obviously you're not an expert. Yeah. I'm not an expert in this right yeah. now. Um, but at the same time, I'm also having the pressure to provide for my family and get yeah, the business going. For sure. Um, so there was, I had to, you know, get it going fast. Yeah. Um, and there's definitely things now that I'm better at. Well, I'm definitely better at yeah, now than sure. two years ago, but I knew enough, I figured it out quickly, yeah. you know, two years ago to enough to help some dads write yeah. their letter. But I was reading, you know, Meg Meeker, Ken Canfield, yeah. um, Jefferson Bethke, Jeremy yeah. Pryor, a lot of guys yeah. like that have, have really influenced me. Yeah. So are you, is it like open-ended training where you're kind of instructing them what to say? Like, how do you keep it authentic to the father, but also adding in some of the stuff that needs to be there to show the kids structure? Yeah. Yeah. Like how, what is that? Yeah. So I, I provide the structure. Hey, in some way you need to communicate, let's say to your children, I, I love you. Yeah. Here's one way. Here's some other ways that dads have done okay. it. Um, I'm proud of you. And so I, um, we, we talk a lot about communicating to your children, you know, I'm proud of you, not for what you've done, but for who you are. Yeah. Well, so that's up to the dad and, you know, each, every child is different yeah. on, you know, yeah. their character traits and how you communicate that. Um, I was telling a dad, the other, a group of dads, um, Hey, some of you have some children that are really different than you, yeah. especially your sons. Yeah. But in their mind, they're trying to be you. Yes. And for you to be able to say, Hey, 
I'm a business guy and you're an artist uh, and we're completely different. And not only is that okay, I think it's awesome. I am proud of you for the way that God has gifted you. Oh my gosh. Like that just frees their son up to like be who God has created them to be. For sure. I think that's good that you're giving them a framework on how to say it, but you're not putting words into their mouth. Like you're not like, have you had anybody that says, Hey, I want you to just write this letter for me, Blake. Have you had anybody that said that? I've had some dads and I will help them do that, but, but it's, they're basically verbally writing the letter. Okay. Yeah. They verbalize yeah. for me. And then I write down exactly what they say okay. and then they look at yeah. it and I'm willing to do that for yeah. somebody. Yeah. For um, sure. But most of the dads are writing it like yeah. themselves. Yeah. yeah what, but- um, you, you kind of mentioned, you know, reading the letter, the, the words from your dad on written paper. Um, do you believe that there's significance in the written letter versus something that's typed or, or something like that? Yeah. So it's interesting. So my dad's letter was typed. Um, and so people ask me, should I type it? Should I handwrite it? One, it, you know, I say it's whatever you want to do, because as long as you have something written down, I mean, I read the Bible, it's typed. Um, and so my dad's letter, I appreciated the fact that it was typed because I can actually read it. And, yeah. uh, you know, sometimes I look at somebody's handwriting, I'm like, oh man, you know, I really have to strain to read it. <laughs> but interesting enough, uh, this past year, my mom, who's been carrying all my dad's stuff in the attic was like, Hey, it's your turn. You got to have it. I'm going through the box. I found a handwritten letter from my dad of the, of the letter. So he had actually, oh, cool. yeah, he had cool. handwritten cool. it first and that. then he typed it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And so I actually have, and it was pretty cool seeing the handwritten. Yeah. I would say most ads that I help now do the opposite. Like they type it like on the computer and then they'll handwrite it it from there. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think um, there's power in handwriting and I like, if it's not perfect and there's scribbles, like, I think that's okay. You know, and I, oh, yeah. I'm sure that's something kind of part of it. Right. Yeah. I tell dad, cause it can kind of be overwhelming. You want to write this letter perfect and dads can get hung up on that. And I say, look, on this first draft, just in your mind, think, okay, I am going to do a really bad first draft. It's going to yeah. be imperfect. It's going to be, I yeah. know it's going to be bad. And you have that mindset when you go to write it, and then it kind of frees you up to just yeah. write it. And then once you have something down, yeah. it's so much easier to go back and edit it for sure from there. But I tell tell dads, if you do like a really bad first draft and that's all you get, and somehow something something happens to you and your kids find that, it'll, it'll that letter will be life changing yeah. mm, for, for your sure. children. Have you had any dads who they come to you and they may not verbally say this, but you can kind of tell like they have a really poor relationship with their kids. Like, have you experienced that? Yeah. Oh yeah. We talk about that. Um, and that's part of the reason some of them are writing the letter. Like yeah. they, they don't have the relationship, um, especially older dads, like their children start to get in their teenager or their twenties or thirties. And they, they have a lot of regrets and some things they need to apologize for. Uh, and so, um, their, this letter can help them reconcile that relationship for sure. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting. So how different are those letters compared to the ones that are super involved, super kind of, um, I guess, invested in their kids rather than those, are you coaching them differently or is it pretty similar? Um, well, there's a couple of things. Um, they're going to spend a little bit more time apologizing and yeah. making sure that's right yeah. and sharing their regrets. And I talk about, you know, how powerful it is to apologize. Yeah. And especially at the, you know, we put this towards the beginning of the letter and how much humility that shows when you apologize, it brings people in. Uh, so we want to make sure we get that right. And then we do 
talk about advice that you want to share. And so I, recently I was reading through some dad's letters and they're seeing their children make some mistakes. And so they want to help them. Yeah. They love them. Um, but their relationship isn't where it needs to be. So you, you have to really be, you can't come in pointing the finger and say, you should be doing this for sure. Um, and I tell dads, like, we cannot control our children. I mean, you know that I can't control my four-year-old. Yeah. Um, and so my mom definitely can't call me up and control me and tell me what to do, but we can influence yeah, our children. Sure. So you don't want to write the letter, especially if you're writing to someone, your, your child that you have a rocky relationship with, like kind of in this controlling, you should be doing this. It's more. So I, I tell, I told this dad, I was like, you know, one way that you could write this is just, especially the advice section say, Hey, I have made a lot of mistakes over the years. And I've learned a lot. If I could go back and tell my 20 year old mm -hmm. self that's a few good. things, that's here are good. the five things I would say. Yeah, that's good. So now you're not writing like yeah. to you, but to yeah. your 20 year old self. Year old self. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, Nick, do you have anything else before we jump into the business part? Yeah. Um, you, you kind of mentioned a question earlier, the length of these letters. What's, oh, yeah, what's an question. average length of those? So the average length is probably a couple pages. Um, I tell dads, even if you come up with one sentence on each of these sections that we talk about and you have a one page letter, that is going to be a powerful For letter. Sure. Most people are not getting this from their dads. No. So don't focus on the length. Um, and honestly, shorter is better. I mean, I've had some dads write like a 15 pager, but to be honest, like one, it took them a long time to get it done. And, and it, but now it's so long to like kind of weed through and there's, I mean, it's your letter, so you can do what you want, yeah. but. I say shorter is better. I, I kind of agree with that. Yeah. Let's, let's jump to the business part part. Cause I think this is super interesting. Um, you know, you have this very impactful thing that happened to you. Um, you've got kind of the why, but yep. now you actually have to monetize this, right? Like you're doing it because you love it, but you also need to feed your family. Right. And so I guess let's, let's just discuss that a little bit. What, what has happened that you didn't expect um, going into it. Is there anything that you had any big surprises where it's like, you just did not expect that to be the case with owning your own business? Well, <clears throat> let me just, even before we get into that, cause I had to make a decision, is this going to be a nonprofit or is For this sure. going to be a business? Absolutely. And I think most people assumed when just hearing it, when I was starting off, okay, yeah, it sounds like a nonprofit. And I knew I did not want to create a nonprofit for a couple of different reasons. I knew with my story that I could probably go out and raise some dollars and not even help that many dads write a letter. Yeah. Maybe we'll just give to it. Yeah. Um, and so, but I, I, I wanted the tension to be with the customer or with the dad. And so I wanted to create a product or a service that was good enough that people were willing to pay money for. And if for I sure. couldn't do that, I, I was like, okay, I'll just go do something else. For sure. Um, and I remember my wife, you know, when I told her, Hey, this is what, where I'm, what I'm doing. Like, I feel called to do this. And this, you know, so she's looking at me and looking at our three children and, yeah. and saying, okay, I know your dad's letter was special to you, yeah. but how are like, how are you going to provide for yeah. our family doing this? Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I didn't have all the answers. Um, by God's grace, I had met a guy in my neighborhood that was my business coach mm. and he said, he wanted to be my business coach. I, you know, he knew I didn't have money to pay him. And he said, um, he just believed in my mission so much. He's, we did a profit sharing the first year. He got 25% of revenue and that was exactly what I needed. Um, because he did not make money unless I made money. So we were in it together. Uh, and so we had to figure out, you know, how do we monetize it? I, I would say 
you know, initially it was just individuals. They'd hear me on a podcast or I was, you know, sending out emails. Um, I did a webinar at the beginning, you know, individual signing up, but then I would have never known that it was going to be financial advisors and estate attorneys or business owners, um, where most of my time now is spent like partnering in that way. Uh, and I, I didn't first see that company com- coming, but it was, it was around Christmas that one of the guys, he, he did, uh, insurance and he said, man, I really want to, and he had been through my program. He's like, usually I buy my clients something for Christmas. That's a great deal. Can you, can I send this to them as a gift? Yeah. And so we put together basically a license that allowed him to, for him, it was like an unlimited number of clients yeah. and, uh, they got to go through my online program mm-hmm. and me and my business coach looked at each other and I said, okay, I think we're onto something here. Mm. And so we started going down that road a little bit more. Mm. That's a great gift idea. That's really good. It's that's super interesting. So was there anything else that happened early on that you're like, um, I guess what I'm saying, didn't expect I'm talking like dealing with finances, dealing with, um, finding an account, like more of the back end business stuff. Like, were there anything that came up that you just did not expect or do you think that the business coach kind of helped you uh, be guided through that? I mean, there were so many things to figure out. It's hard to, I mean, I've learned something new and like yeah. every week, like yeah. what software we're going to use, For sure. know, where we're going to host the course. Um, you know, starting off, it was, I was asking dads to do it live and they did went through it with me in 12 weeks. We met every Sunday night and I, you know, they paid $150 and, um, what I realized was, you know, that's a pretty big commitment. Like I wasn't going to be able to scale it. Yeah. You know, help asking dads to sign up for 12, a 12 week program. Yes. Uh, so we ended up cutting the live portion down to, to four weeks. And now I, I do a 45 minute workshop live. Um, and so it's 45 minutes accompanied with the videos, correct? Or is it just 45 minutes? Yeah. So there's the, the introductory workshop that's live 45 minutes. Um, and then there's the, the videos. And so the, honestly, the live portion is a, a newer addition. Like it yeah. was just $147 you pay for the, for the master class, the self-guided course. And then I realized, you know what, I think I could get some more traction if we did this, um, introductory deal that's yeah. 37 and there's enough there that you can go write your letter. And then at the end of it, I say, Hey, if you want a little bit more, I've got the master class that you can sign up for. Okay. Um, and then I also have the private groups mm-hmm. and the private groups, um, are a lot more, but usually one person pays right now they're at 5,000 a piece and one person will buy it. And then they'll invite either their college buddies, or I had some guys who are in Delta force and they invited all the guys that they were in Delta. Force. They're all retired now. Um, I did, uh, sometimes the financial advisors will have their top clients do yeah. it and we'll go through it together. A yeah. leadership team. That's good. And so those are my favorite to do. Yeah, for sure. And I know you've, you've kind of, you've been on a lot of different podcasts, a lot of different TV shows, been in a lot of groups. What's kind of the most interesting person that you've interviewed, been interviewed by or talked to? One of the guys that I interviewed that sticks out to me is a guy named Clint Hurdle. Mm. And uh, he was the Rockies manager, the Pirates manager. Oh, he cool. was a first round draft pick yeah. like 30 years ago. Yeah. And he became a dad um, late in life. Oh, wow. And, uh, but man, he wants to be a good dad. Yeah. And hey, one thing he said to me, he said, man, I just want my kids to say, oh, that's my dad. That's my dad. And that's how I felt about my dad. Oh, that's my dad. When people talked about him. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of 
resonated with me because now I'm helping other dad or help dads and their children, helping children say, Oh, that's my dad. Yeah. Cause when you write a letter, you're like, Oh man, yeah. your children are like, Oh, that's my dad. Yeah. So have you had any press like national or local? Like uh, Julie Chin from channel two was out at my house a couple of weeks ago. Oh, cool. And so from channel two, and so that should be coming out soon. There was a, an article uh, in the Tulsa world this past um, for father's day. Uh, there was another news story that came out in Tulsa a couple of years ago. East Texas, they contacted me, the news down there. I was on um I was on vacation down in Destin and this guy that helped write his letter became a journalist. Oh, and he's cool. like, dude, we want to do a story on you. Oh, cool. I'm like, I'm on vacation. Yeah. But I made it happen. And then uh it was just like a quick I did it over Zoom. Yeah. But there is a national show and man, I hate to put this on air because it's like nothing is guaranteed until it actually comes out. But the Today Show um did uh, interview me a while back, oh, a couple cool. weeks ago. And so that should be coming out this fall. Um, so how does that, so th they interview that far in advance? Uh, it was going to be for September. And oh, okay. then they just emailed me saying that it's going to be got pushed back. So um, they, I did a workshop here. They're like, man, let us know when you're doing a workshop. Like we want to, they con contacted me over a year ago. Yeah. And then with COVID, like yeah. I couldn't get down here. And they they emailed me this spring and said, okay, let us know when a workshop is happening. We want to film you live talking yeah. to some dads. Yeah. I'm like, you just tell me when you want to come and I'll get some dads in a room For sure. and we'll get that thing yeah, video. Uh, but there was a, a, a deal with a financial advisor in town and cool. uh, we did a workshop with his clients. And so they got that video. Great. And I know you've talked with some other big groups. Is there anything you can share with us on some of those big groups or potential stuff like that? I've had, um, Several conversations with the NFL. Awesome. Uh, now with the, you know, there's so many different ways. Because uh, of course, I want to help some NFL guys write yeah. the letter with my dad um, yeah. being in the NFL, and um, and so you know, there's so many different organizations that do things. Um, but I, because one of the first guys that I helped write his letter is Tim Delaney, he's the vice president of the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, very cool. Which was a total god thing that this happened. Yeah. Uh, can I tell the story real quick? Do we have time? Yeah, go ahead. Mm -hmm. So I'm watching um, TV and I see they're doing this thing on the Arizona Cardinals and I'm watching, it's about Kyler Murray, the mm -hmm. quarterback who played here at OU yeah. as their quarterback. And I'm, they did this thing on him in high school. When he went to Allen high school, I used to live in Allen high school. And I went back and watched one of his playoff games while I was there. I took a video of him throwing this game winning touchdown pass, uploaded it to YouTube. And I forgot about it. Well, anyway, I'm watching this thing on TV and they're showing all these clips. And all of a sudden I see this clip of him throwing the game winning touchdown pass. And I'm like, that is my clip. That's awesome. Like, so, but they didn't give me credit or anything. So I emailed the Arizona Cardinals and I said, Hey, you guys just used my clip without permission. I need to talk to someone immediately. So they emailed me back, dude. And, you know, I really wasn't that mad. I just wanted to see yeah. what happened. They emailed me back and said, Tim Delaney will contact you tomorrow morning at 9 30. I'm like, hey, I look awesome. up Tim Delaney. He's like vice president. And so I get on the phone with him. And, um, man, we, we, uh, my, I just wanted to like win him over. So, like, and we just shot the bull for 10 minutes. I love it. And it was awesome. Yeah. And it was like, oh yeah, we got to talk about that video clip and ended up, uh, he paid me, paid me, like, I had no idea what they pay for that stuff. And I yeah. told him that. And, uh, and so he, they ended up paying me $400 for this clip, but I told him what I really wanted to do yeah. was interview one of the players for what I'm doing. He's like, oh yeah, dude, I'm so about what you're doing. We'll set that up too. And then we got off the call and I was like, sweetie, I told my wife. And then I just felt this something in me like, man, 
you got to ask him to help him write his letter. Yeah. You know, this is like three months into my thing. Yeah. So I'm, you know, a little bit nervous to yeah. come that strong or come that confident. But I emailed Tim back and I said, Tim, I told you I'm on a mission to help a million dads write at least one letter. How would you feel about being one of those dads? I'll personally help you write your letter. And he emailed me back, said that would be unbelievable. That's awesome. And so I began to meet, meet up with him one-to-one, um, -one, helping him write his letter. That's awesome. He's become one of my biggest advocates. At, That's awesome. He's got a 12-year-old daughter. And he emailed me again this past Father's Day and said, Blake, you know, it's been over a year since you helped me write the letter. I just want to thank you again. Like you have changed yes. my fatherhood journey awesome. and how I father my children because of you helped me write that letter. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and he's made some connections with me at the NFL and I've had uh, several conversations with like the league office, like the, like the person you would want to talk to. Yeah. Uh, and so we're, you know, it's a big organization though. Yeah. So like trying to roll something out like this is going to, it, it take seems some time. like, it seems like to monetize this, the best way forward is big groups like NFL military. Um, you know, I think what you're going after is personal advisors and insurance companies. I think that's a great path as far as, yeah, I've, I've done, uh, so the special forces group 160th, um, out at Fort Campbell, they invited me to come out and speak and, uh, help them write their letter. And I got paid pretty good. And I left that, that was like four or five months ago. And I was like, man, I could make a living yeah. off just helping the military yeah. write their letter for sure. But I did have to make a decision because there was some small businesses and other people and they were paying me. But I had to become focused yeah. and be like, hey, what group am I going to go after yeah, first? Absolutely. And so that's when I made the business decision with financial advisors. Yeah, um, There's 93,000 certified financial planners. And there's even more than that that are financial advisors. So they right now, they're paying um, $99 a month, about $1,000 or a year. And so it's very scalable. Because and so they have licensing agreements. So they can basically give that to whoever they want. Yep. Okay. And uh it's mainly for their clients yeah. or potential clients. Um, but yeah, they can give it to them and I build them a landing page and it's got yeah. their, I, it's basically one, it's a value add that builds their reputation in their community because, yeah. you know, they are letting everyone know, Hey, I am the type of person who provides things like this. Yeah. Like, I am, can be a trusted um, advisor. Yeah. Um, and so that's the most scalable thing right now. I mean, I'm trying to, you know, how quickly can I get 5,000 advisors paying a hundred dollars a month. Yeah. And so that's kind of in the scaling up phase right now. Um, and I'm, I'm seeing a lot of traction. Yeah. You know, obviously your, your journey as an entrepreneur is different than a lot of others. So you obviously started with a very strong why of why you're going to start it. And a lot of entrepreneurs don't, their why is maybe I'm just not happy with my current position or I'm not, there's something that's their why is different than yours. But what advice do you give to people? I'm sure you've had people say, Hey, I've got this idea. I want to start a business or I want to start this nonprofit. What's some advice that you give that person? Well, let me just say a really, you know, upfront, my why is my family first, like providing for, for my family and being a good dad and being a good husband. Um, and then secondary to that is I get to help dads write th this letter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it just so happens that I get to do this like really amazing thing where I'm talking about yeah. my dad's letter. Um, but you know, I think the advice that I would have, um, and it's the advice that I give my children in the letter, which is don't be afraid to fail. Mm. Um, and I have to tell myself that all the time for sure. Um, because, and I've had failures along the way. I mean, there's been months where I'm like, oh my gosh, like the thing that I was trying to do, 
that was a total failure. Yeah. Um, but I learned so much through that failure. And so, uh, my advice is just to go for it yeah. and put yourself out there. And even if you fail, you learn so much mm. through that failure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, what, what are some of the traits you have that kind of, you recognize, Hey, this is going to make me a good entrepreneur. Did you have anything like that, that you recognized? I think the biggest thing is surrounding yourself with good people mm, that's good. and other entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, some of them, a lot of them who have been there before me yeah. and they can provide counsel and that's provide good. advice to me. Um, but then also I think relying on their network, um, you know, people want to help. Yeah. And sure. so if you ask for help or tell people, you know, your situation, I mean, generally people want to help. And so my, at this point, um, my business has been around people helping me and connecting me to other, other people. Yeah. And so I try to provide avenues one to help people help yeah. me. <laughs> and then I try to help them as yeah. well. And so what's your marketing strategy? You're talking about, it's a lot of word of mouth, but do you have a very specific marketing strategy? Are you just writing down a list of names and calling those names or are you making warm introductions? What, what are you doing as far as marketing? I've tried a couple different things. Um, I did, I do have someone sending people messages on LinkedIn and I've gotten some good connections that have way. You? Um, but I would say the best thing is, uh, a campaign that I started honestly only a month ago, which is I call the connect three campaign. Uh, so I have a one-time setup fee for financial advisors of $1,500. And I've told advisors, Hey, if, if you connect me to just three other advisors, just put me on an email. You have no idea if they're going to sign up, just connect me with three other advisors. We'll drop the $1,500, um, which was a little bit of a financial risk, especially when I'm kind of running month to month right now. And I need that $1,500. Um, but it's been so good for me because one, they're more like there's a little less friction in signing up. Um, they don't have to pay that $1,500, which some people are like, man, I really want to do this program. I just got to wait till, you know, a certain month to do it, but now they can do it right away. And then they connect me to three people. And so those three people, um, are just so much more likely to sign up because their buddy yeah. or, you know, it's a warm peer, introduction. Warm introduction uh, is so much better than just a, a cold. I mean, there's people out there. I know that I want to meet and I wait, or I'll talk to someone else and say, Hey, will you introduce me for sure to so-and-so? Cause it's 10 times better for me to do that than to just, you know, a cold introduction. Cold introductions are terrible. Yeah. They're like they're, they're just not successful. I mean, you can make hundred calls and one of them we will be successful instead of like 50% success rate on warm introductions. And and with that, one of the things I'm really trying to do is I ask those people, Hey, who are the people that, cause so specific with financial advisors, there's a lot of speaking opportunities. Like they have, sure. they get together. Yeah. Um, and so I want to be front of those people and to speak. And so that's really, I've had a couple of those recently where I'm speaking in front of 50 advisors. I'm going to Fort Worth next week. I'm going Great. to St. Louis a month that's after awesome. that. So that's how I'm going to really start yeah. to grow and scale. That's great. So were you always a natural speaker? Is that something you kind of picked up as you've gone along? Um, I'm not a natural speaker yeah. at all. I had no ambition to be. And yeah. it's interesting. So when I graduated college with my accounting degree, uh, this ministry that I got involved with um, recruited me to come on staff with this campus college ministry. And initially I was like, heck no. Yeah. Like I'm a business guy. I don't know what I'm going to do in business, but I'm a business guy. But ultimately I yielded to what I knew God was calling me to do. And it was a step of faith, ended up doing it. What I thought would only be for three years, did it for over a decade and loved every minute of it. 
Um, one, I was, you know, getting to mentor people and really, you know, talk about where they're going to spend eternity. But what happened was, is I learned how to, to lead small groups. I learned how to do one-to-one meetings. I learned how to speak. Um, a few years in, they asked me to go start a new ministry in Springfield, Missouri. And so I got to go be an entrepreneur and awesome. I, and I learned how to start a movement. Yeah. That's what I was doing, starting a movement. And so looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, this whole time God yeah. was preparing me to awesome. lead this movement of helping dads yeah. write a letter. And so now I'm sitting across from Tim Delaney, vice president of Arizona, Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. It, it's nothing because yeah. it's like, this is what I did on yeah. campus for you. Like I would meet with the fraternity yeah. president yeah. and at the time think it was a huge deal. Yeah, for sure. Um, but people are people yeah. right yeah that's pretty cool because we met with someone it was like two interviews ago and they said the same thing they were doing things for a ministry and they were having to start different things within the ministry but that was almost like they were starting like little mini businesses because they had to assemble the team they had to get the funding they had to sell whatever it was they were doing like it was a big thing and it's not easy and not everybody can do it so it's really kind of setting setting you up if you do it well to to kind of be this person yeah. And so within that ministry, there's obviously lots of opportunities to speak. Yeah. I preferred to not speak. I would bring in the good speaker and then yeah. I would just get people to the meeting because yeah. I had no ambition For to sure. like speak. Yeah. And then, uh, and I had people around me that, man, they love to speak. That yeah. was their ambition. But now, and you know, it's only, and only what God could do. Like I'm the guy now who's a professional speaker and people pay me to come in and speak. I love it. Um, but, but when you believe in something and you have a story and a mission that you believe in, like, yes, I will go speak on this. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. And we've also talked a lot of times, I mean, we talked with a chiropractor and, you know, one of the things he said was there's a lot of people who get into chiropractic work because they want to make a lot of money. And those types of people typically don't last very long. So like, if you have a passion for the thing you're doing, like people can recognize that. People know when you have passion for a certain thing and passion, people can't help but get behind it, right? Like yeah. passion sells all day and you're not even trying to sell. You're just telling them about what you're passionate about and they want to get on board. Yeah, absolutely. What, uh, you, you've had to build a team in order to do this. What does that team look like? What are some of the roles on that team and how have you filled those? Yeah. So right now I am still a solopreneur. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah, I, but you haven't well, done it alone. I mean, like, yeah, you, you've had, you help, have but... not built all this infrastructure alone. Like what does it look like the marketing side? Like who have you brought in to help you? Cause right now you're the only paid employee, right? but you've obviously done other things. Yeah. I've got a team, uh, in India that builds a lot of the landing pages for me. Um, I, along the way I've had, I've hired some like contractors, uh, some went well, some did not went well. Uh, I did hire an organization called uh, Story Brand, and uh, to help me build a landing page for an event that I was doing this past May that ended up being a total failure. Oh no! Uh, Tell me more. Yeah. So back in the spring, I was like, "Okay, we're doing financial advisors, right?" Well, then there was um, one of the guys I helped write his letter has an email list of um, ninety-five thousand people, and he's like, "Blake, I want to help you." help. I want to help you get to your goal of a million. Let's invite all these dads, write their letter. And so I created, you know, a virtual event. He was going to email them all. And so I'm doing the math on that. And I'm like, man, I've, I really want to do this right. Uh, it was a hundred dollar event. 
And so I hired StoryBrand, like, because I want my landing page to look right. They're going to help me make sure the mess. I mean, when you start building a landing page, you realize like, like your words matter and you go to write those words. And it's like, how does someone who doesn't know they need to write a letter, like, how can my words help them understand? Yes, I need to sign up for this event. So there's a lot that goes into it. So I hired them and they told me, um, yeah, based on this email list, like you should have a, a thousand dads sign up minimum, minimum. Well, that's a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm putting all my eggs in this basket for like over a month, two months. Like I'm just going to prepare for this. So there's a lot of emails and, you know, prepare. I'm just doing it all. And cause really I want to try to get not a thousand, but 2000 or 5,000. I mean, I could hit the jackpot here and this could be the thing that really gets me to the next phase of my business to be able to hire. I've got two or three people that I'm ready to hire and they're ready to come work for me. I just got to, you know, be at the right spot. Well, uh, so then the emails start going out and nobody was signing up. And so then it comes to the day of the event and we had 15 paying people sign up for this event. Wow. Uh, And also the day of, Um, my wife has to go to the emergency room, ended up being some gallbladder issues. And I'm like in the emergency room, like this event that I've been preparing for, for several months is tonight at 7 PM. I get home at like 645. I run up and, uh, I help these dads. There was, there was 75 total people. 50 of them were non-paying people that they invited. Um, but yeah, the, the event was total, failure from the perspective. Now I was excited to help all, help all those dads write their letter. Yeah. But from a financial perspective, it hurt a failure because I had put all my eggs in this spot. So now I'm reeling because I'm yeah. again, like I'm month yeah. to month, right. You know? And so I'm like, shoot, I've got to go make some mo- pay the bills this month. I thought, I thought minimum we're about to make a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. And now I didn't make any money. And so that one hurt. Uh, and so what was the response on the failure? Like, was there, do we have any explanation on why they felt like it failed? Well, no one really know. I mean, I have my theories, which is, which I know what happened. They, this, the guy that was helping me, he's got a, I mean, he's got a huge organization. Yeah. He's got a PR team and they had never promoted anything like this. And so they didn't really know what they were doing to promote the specific type of thing to get people to sign up. But also they, they weren't counting on this for revenue. And so it didn't matter. Like, yes, they wanted to help people sign up, but looking back, like I'm the one who learned a lot of things. Like if I had known the only, you know, a small number of people are going to sign up, I wouldn't have put all my eggs in that basket and spent so much time. I would have continued other ways to make revenue. Um, so a lot of it was on me, hmm. but I did create some relationships in the process. They were helping me. I mean, we had some back end stuff like, okay, once they've written their letter, we're going to, invite them to be a part of this mastermind community, like part two, you've written your letter. Now you want to live out your letter. And I held, had a partner that I was going to do that with. Yeah. And, uh, an amazing guy and, uh, who helps major league baseball players as like a life coach with them. And, uh, like obviously none of that came to fruition, but I built a relationship with him. I learned, okay, I don't want to do that anymore. And I want to put all my eggs in that basket. Um, so it was overall, it was a good experience, but it was very stressful personally but I'm a very optimistic person. Yeah. So never in my mind did I even have the thought of, well, I guess this thing's not going to work. Yeah. 
I mean, that was not the thing. It's just like, okay, that particular way is not going to be the way we do it. Um, It's about pivoting. It's about pivoting. And honestly, at that point, now it's just about making enough money to, to pay the bills to go a month longer, another month, another month. And so some, there's moments where it's like, it's just, we got to make it through the month. Like, I know where this is going to be in five years. Like we're like revenue wise, we're going to be completely fine. But you know, a lot about starting a business is just, you know, having enough runway to figure it all out. Yeah. And when you're starting, like no one else is, you know, has a business about helping people write a letter. Yeah. There's things that are similar, like online businesses, but I think you and I talked about this. You're, you're having to educate the public on what this is, because as of right now, there's no other business that is doing this. So you're completely new to the market. And the fear is that you come in and you educate people, but then you run out of money and someone else steps in and they've already been educated. So they're the ones that make the money. Does that make sense? Like there's been several businesses throughout history that that's happened with. Um, But like, I don't believe that's going to happen because no one else has the unique background like Blake does. Does that make sense? Yeah. Someone could walk in with more financial backing, you know, come in with a team of 20 people. Yeah. Um, But honestly, I'm not really scared of that. Number one, I do believe I'm called by God to Mm -hmm. do this. And, and honestly, if, a year from now we find out that someone is supposed to take over and they're the ones that help all the dads write all the letters. And yeah. I'm the one who just like got it going. Like that's at the end yeah. of the day, like sure. what we care about For is sure. people getting a letter from their dad. Yeah. And I know that, you know, God's going to take care of my yep. family yep. and I have enough skill sets from all this. Like, yeah, there's so many other ways to make money. And yep. <laughs> man, I'm super excited to see just the direction. I just, I love the vision. I love the reason why, and we're definitely going to be customers. So I'm excited to kind of get my team into that. Um, man, I'm just, I'm excited to see the direction and Nick, I think we've got, we've got some lightning, but this is the, we lightning do. Round yeah. Right the here. very first weekly lightning round. Oh, so this is the very from, first from, from myself, <laughs> you're the test subject here, you're the test subject and listen, here today. And here's the thing about it is these are like three words or less. So like quick answers, you don't have time to think about it. You just got to answer these, okay? Sounds Whenever good. you're ready, you let me know. Fire away, man. We'll see All what right. comes out. Question number one, what is one thing that you do outside of your business that allows you to be successful in your business? Be a good dad. Beautiful. That's great. What time do you wake up in the morning? 6.30. 6.30 is a good time. Do you love to win or do you hate to lose? I'm I'm a guy who loves to win. Love it. Who is the one person that supported you from the beginning? Oh, shoot. There's so many people that have supported me. <laughs> I have to say my wife. Love Let's it. Go. What is your favorite pastime? What do you like doing for fun? Uh, Fishing. Love going fishing. Mm. Let's go fishing. Final question Are you going to take here. me? I'm going to take you. All right, let's go. Tyler's got some fishing holes. Yeah. Shout out to our guy. I live, I live on a, a pond. <laughs> so I take my kids out there fishing. Yeah, seven lakes neighborhood Love it. we'll be talking yeah. okay final question here what are you currently speaking into existence uh i'm right now it's signing up five thousand advisors mm, that's beautiful. what I'm, i already see it in my mind uh so now what's the got, deadline just on now that? to get there uh five years um i think we can get there a lot faster i was gonna say but gotta be there i think we can get there in the next couple of years but 
you you, you, uh, you answered that first question. What's one thing you do outside your business that allows you to be successful in your business? You said, be a good dad. Does that bring a lot of fulfillment? Obviously, is that is that the fulfillment and the refreshing side of your life that allows you to continue full steam ahead forward on the business front? Yeah, absolutely. I, I love number one, like right now, my kids are getting home from school. So I'm like, as soon as they get home from school, cause I'm working from home a lot of the days, I mean, I run downstairs, Hey, how did it go today? Or when I get done at, at I try to get done around five, I have a little note on my, on my calendar that it's a notification that pops up at five that says, what would the best dad in the world do right now? Mm. Because I'm the best dad in the world for it. my children. And yeah, so it's, for it. me, it's a lot about, man, you know, being the best dad I'm, I am the best leader for the legacy letter challenge right now because there's no one, no other one that's leading it. So, so what would the best dad do right now? That's what I'm going to go do. Mm. Um, and, and so I run down the stairs and hang out with my children, wrestle with them. And I love it. man, I love that. I hope, I hope everybody likes the the lightning round here. Yeah. I, I love the book. Can I plug atomic habits? I'm sure y'all know that mm. book. Uh, looking at it somewhere over there. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great, and there's a lot of applications in there to to fatherhood, even though it's not written about fatherhood at all. But, um, and then uh, there's some other good books by Jefferson Bethke, Take Back Your Family. Hmm. Um, There's there's a lot of great books out there. Have you read The Last Arrow? I've not, should I? Yeah, I've got three of them. I'm gonna give you one of them. Okay, great. Super good. I think you're, this would relate to a lot of the, the fathers you have that are wanting to live a full life. And then when I finish my book, I'll give it to you. You'll read it. Oh, man, I would love to. <laughs> love to. Guys, thank you so much for listening. This was a little bit longer. We went a little long on this, but that is okay because this is great content. I love this. Guys, where can we, where can we find you, Blake? What's the best way? LegacyLetterChallenge.com. You can also follow me on LinkedIn, uh, Blake C. Brewer, Blake C. Brewer, or just go to LegacyLetterChallenge.com. Great. Beautiful. Guys, go write a letter to your children. And we will let me help you do it. Let's do it. (laughs) We will talk to you next time.